Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. Adam Ronis got to be happy to see Jacob DeGrom signing for five years. Gimet's finally getting the deal done. Yeah, I was concerned for a little bit because you could see there was some unhappiness in the locker room. Noah Syndergaard was vocal about it yesterday, and you could tell that the players wanted Jacob DeGrom to get paid. He certainly deserves it, winning the Cy Young last year, and he saw so many players across baseball getting contract extensions from Justin Verlander and Chris Sale, and DeGrom has not really gotten his payday yet. So you need to go into the season especially for DeGrom, knowing that you're going to get paid. He wanted this done before the year, and I think it also sends a positive message to the players in the locker room as well uh, because they wanted DeGrom to get his money. So Mets needed to take care of this before the year. Unfortunately, they did. Hopefully this whole Syracuse debacle can go away and they can go into the season with some positive vibes because I think this team – you know, considering they don't spend a ton of money, I thought they did a good job in the offseason, and they actually have some really good young players mixed with some veterans. And, you know, you always want to be optimistic with your team. And across baseball, there are a lot of haves and have-nots, and I think the Mets are right there in the mix. So we've seen this quickly dissipate. Mets fans throughout the years, you get excited and things happen. But I think there's reason to be excited about this Mets team for the upcoming year, and getting DeGrom signed was a big deal. Look, I think Syndergaard pushed for it. You know, he talked about it. I I think when you're the Mets and you see that Sale is getting his deal and other guys are getting their deals, you had to give DeGrom his deal. You didn't have a choice, right? And you had to come up with a number that was the, a fair, good, strong number because he you don't have DeGrom. You got no shot at him. I mean, with DeGrom, look, crazier things can happen. Uh, the Mets have, his, you know, have a legitimate chance as we head into the season. Would, it wouldn't shock me if this team made, a, made the wild card, but you couldn't do without DeGrom. Yeah, I even think they have a a shot to win the division uh, if everything breaks right. And you could say that about a lot of teams, but they certainly have the pitching. There's no question about it. And last year, the biggest problem was the offense. And I got to think the offense is better with Jeff McNeil hitting this spring. And we saw what he did last year. Pete Alonso and the power he brings. Michael Conforto. Now, remember, he was not healthy for the first half of the season. People forget that. And once he started to get acclimated again to playing as the shoulder gained some strength, he had a big second half. He had an 895 OPS in the second half with 17 home runs. We've seen the power here in the spring. Robinson Cano can flat out hit. So this offense is much improved. They're, so they, they have a shot. They really do. It's a tough division. There's a lot of good teams in the NL East, but they have a shot. So what was this whole thing with, Syrac- with the Syracuse thing? The Mets had to go on a trip there and play there. What was going on there? Uh, basically, they decided to have a workout in Syracuse. That's the home of their AAA affiliate now for right. the first time this year. So they had to take a bus ride. 
I think to Sarasota. Then they were on the tarmac. The flight was delayed three, three and a half hours. Syndergaard was doing a Q&A on Twitter and joking around with people. And uh, then they got there today and they had these makeshift mounds that looked like a disaster. I retweeted a picture of it. So Syndergaard was just upset because he was saying, you know, that they shouldn't have done this workout a couple days before the season. He was saying it would be better off for the team to go back to New York, let the people get acclimated to their apartment and set things up because they're going to have right. to they are going to have to go on the road to start the year in Washington. And he was just saying like, he didn't see the need for this. And uh, this is not what championship teams do. So he was pretty vocal and uh, was not happy about it. You know, I, I get why the Mets did it. You know, you want uh, the AAA affiliate to, to feel the love from the parent club, but I think he's right. You know, when the baseball season starts, there's so little time during the year to do anything like that, like setting up your apartment. I mean, these guys, there are a lot of guys who didn't even know that they had contracts, and all of a sudden they got to come up now to New York and figure, the, figure it out. I, I don't think having one or two days is, uh, I, I don't think Syndergaard is, is wrong. I think there's a better way to, of handling that than doing it in the press. Yeah, well, I don't know. Here's the thing, you know, people always criticize players like, oh, these interviews are boring. They never say anything. And then when players are transparent and open, people rip them. So you can't have it both ways. Do you want players to be boring and machines give you cliche quotes? Or do you want them to be open and honest? He was open and honest. And you could say, well, that's the wrong thing. You shouldn't rip the team. Okay, then he could just be sitting there and give you the boring answers. So you can't have it both ways. You know, you either want the players to be honest and open and, you know, obviously he's sending a message to the Mets. Maybe the Mets, the Mets are probably not happy about it, clearly, and they'll probably talk to him. And, you know, he, he was rumored to be traded last year. And, you know, who knows what happens with him. But they should have done this differently, especially when he said a lot of the players voiced their displeasure. So it wasn't just him. And, you know, they have to go on a road trip now to open the year. Then they play their home openers Thursday, April 6th. They're playing in Miami the night before at six six o'clock in Miami, then they have to fly to New York. They got the home opener. So they're not gonna get back to New York till like two, three AM and I'm sure they're gonna want to take BP because it's opening day and the fans are gonna be there early. Usually a day game after night game, you don't really see a lot of BP, but because it's the opening day, so again that's not the Mets' fault, that's the schedule. Do you blame the general manager for not knowing better? I mean is Brody Van Wagenen at fault here? Trying for to do what? too much? The scheduling, the Syracuse thing. Well, the I'm, scheduling is baseball's fault for the. Uh, no, that part I know, but I like the Syracuse thing. Do you blame the GM for that? Well, I mean, maybe the owners told them like this has to be done. You know, we're going to Syracuse and the teams moving there. I'm sure that's a big part of it, but obviously, it wasn't a good idea. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I would like to do some sort of article on like the Pete Alonzos of the world. Does he even know he's going to be with the Mets? Does he think he's going to be in AAA? Does he even have an apartment in New York? Does he stay in a hotel? I know this doesn't sound like a, a very great news story, but there are guys who don't even know that they're going to be in the majors until the very last second. What if he has a wife? What if he has kids? Where do they go? I think people just assume the guy plays, right? He's expected to play and produce in a lineup. What if his life's in disarray? A lot of guys can't produce when things are not, all ducks are not in a row. Yeah, and these guys have been in Florida for over a month, too. That's the other thing. You know, they're just getting back to New York, and they're going to have very little time because they're playing in Washington on Thursday. So, yeah, there's a lot of things, and people don't think about that when it comes to athletes. They think, oh, they got a ton of money. They're privileged, and yeah, they fly well, they eat well, but they're still human beings. They're not machines, and they have a lot of things to get in order off the field. So you could understand why Syndergaard 
wanted that time and maybe the workout should have been at City Field instead. So this way you can, you know, man, some of these guys live in Jersey, Westchester. It's not like they live extremely close to City Field. And anyone who's been in New York knows traveling from Queens to Manhattan, depending on the traffic, could take an hour in itself. Right. That's for sure. All right. The Cubs signed Kyle Hendricks to a four-year contract extension. I would think you would argue that the Cubs had to get this done. I mean, Hendricks is not a sexy pick, but he's a very solid pitcher that any organization would be happy to have. Yeah, he's for fantasy, he's okay. I think he needs to kind of fit on your team because you know you're not going to get a ton of strikeouts, but he always gives you a solid whip. It's a good team, although I don't think they're as good as people think. Uh, I think they do have some questions on this team, and the division has a couple good teams. But uh, Hendricks, very solid pitcher, and I saw an interesting article where you know, teams are using a lot more advanced technology now, and there was something that they picked up on Hendricks last year, and after they noted the flaw and he made the adjustment, he really uh, turned things around. His ERA was like in the low twos after they spotted that. And again, that could be coincidental, but we've seen it with the Astros. You know, uh, I saw Verlander talking about it too, where they noticed something. And uh, the Astros are one of the teams that uses a lot of advanced technology, and a lot more teams are doing it now. And, you know, Trevor Bauer is a guy, though, who uses it a lot as well. So uh, they noticed something there last year. They picked it up. And, you know, Hendricks is a guy that's just not going to walk many guys. And, uh, he gives you always gives you a good whip. Uh, again, a category that is kind of often ignored uh, in fantasy a little bit too much. All right. So I saw that um, Chris Paddock was going to start Sunday's game. I think it was you that tweeted it. I was in a draft last night. Ronas Paddock went in the 11th round of an online championship, 12-team league. He went in round 11. Or should I mean, is his value at its all-time high? If you're drafting this weekend, if you're still drafting, is he going to go for 15 bucks? Do you have to spend it? Yeah, if you want him, probably, especially now that he's in the rotation to start the season. Uh, innings are definitely going to be a concern with him, but uh, there's no questioning his ability. And, you know, he opened eyes here in the spring. He's got the good fastball changeup. Uh, again, the Padres, I think, are trying to be aggressive here. They feel like they maybe can contend for the NL West. There's a lot of weak teams in the NL West outside of the Dodgers, so they really do have a legitimate shot to, to finish second. Uh, Manny Machado has been vocal about he wants Fernando Tatis up early. That's something that could happen as well. Uh, Tatis is I saw go in the 17th round, I think, of a main event league yesterday. Uh, so the the question with Paddock is how many innings can he throw? It was 90 last year combined at the minor league level after not pitching at all in 2017. So you would think maybe 130, 140 is the absolute most. Uh, so that's something that you have to keep in mind with him. But I think when you're looking in that range, there's a lot of pitchers that are probably in similar territory, if not maybe 20 innings more. So you have to look at it and say, okay, is the guy who's going to throw 20 innings more is he going to be better than Paddock? In some of the cases, you might say, nah, I'd rather take the shot with Paddock and his upside. You're, you're having to pay the high price, unfortunately. You know, you could point to Walker Bueller last year, but Walker Bueller was way cheaper than this. He was way cheaper than this. I mean, look, last night's draft, and I'm not even joking. I, I'd have to find you the draft board, Adam. I think Shane Bieber went in round four or five. People started taking the guys they liked early 
It was crazy. I mean, I thought Paddock, I could wait till like 14 or 15. He went at 11. When Bieber went in four or five, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What's going on here? It just started getting nuts with pitching and people just starting to lift guys who they liked whenever they wanted them. Yeah, I think that's what you, over the last week I've noticed that in a lot of the high stakes leagues I've seen, pitching has gone way up. I think it was the the diamond draft. I think like 11 of the first 22 picks were pitchers. So you're seeing pitchers pushed way up the draft board as we get closer to the season. All right. So one of my uh, very good sleepers here, it may not be sleeping anymore, Adam, and he might even be playing. Steven Sousa going for an MRI in his left knee. Can you just say how lucky the Diamondbacks are to have signed Adam Jones? Because Adam Jones will be playing every day of this year. Yeah, it looks like they're going to move him to right field, put uh, Cattell Marte in center. So this is good for those that had Wilmer Flores because it looked like for a while Flores might lose some playing time. But I would think he plays second base pretty much every day now. And this is just bad luck for Sousa, a guy that I had last year. And I thought he was a nice value. I don't think I got him in any draft, but he was definitely on my radar towards the end because he was very cheap, and this was a guy that has power and speed, as we saw two years ago. So I saw the play. He just seemed to buckle his knee when he stepped on home plate. It did not look good. We don't know the extensive reports yet, but I would think he definitely misses a good portion of time. And uh, the guy just has some bad luck. I mean, throughout his career, that's the one thing. He has not been able to stay healthy. He's only played more than 120 games one time, and that was in 2017 with the Rays when he went 30 Homer, 16 steals, and last year just could not get healthy. So just really bad luck here for Steven Sousa. All right, another bad luck here for Nick Senzel, diagnosed with a right ankle sprain and in a walking boot for 7 to 14 days. So let's just give it two full weeks, Adam. Now he's out. Then he's got to come back. Maybe that he's got to start playing, got to get back to the center field. Could I argue that we might not see Nick Senzel, barring an injury to the parent club, barring an injury to Philip Irvin or Scott Shebler or somebody, maybe we're not seeing him until around June at the earliest? Mm, I don't know. I think you might still see him in May. It really depends on how quickly he's able to overcome this. Obviously, they. I don't know why. I mean, I understand why they want to move him to the outfield, but I don't know why they didn't just say, all right, well, bring him up and play second base but I think the answer is clearly service time so now they get to cover the service time so I think you could still see him in May if they're true to their word and they really do want to contend this guy's got to be up when he's healthy so you think he comes up in May and plays second base while Scooter's out no I think they might put him in center field or in the outfield but we'll see they this maybe they change their mind here I mean obviously he needs to get reps in the outfield you know everyone thinks oh yeah just throw him out there Obviously, it was a little rough there in this break. So uh, I think the plan is fluid right now. But I, when he's healthy and he's good to go, I think they need to bring him up. All right. I'm sure you saw the uh, the incident when the um, the Giants CEO had that fight with his wife. Did you see that when he pushed her? Yeah. And now they have suspended him through July 1. Is Major League Baseball and it's right, could they say, is, is suspending this guy the right thing? Do you take away a team from him? How do you approach something like this? I mean, what, is, this, is this the right penalty for what he did? Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a PR thing, usually. You're seeing it, you know, they want to show that they're doing the right thing and that they care. So that's probably why they did it. I don't know if it's the right call or not. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there had to be something, that, right? There had to be some sort of punishment. I don't know. I might have done a full season. I don't know. I don't, I don't know whether three months is enough. We'll have to see. I think I might have done more. All right, here's an interesting name. Um, Chris Taylor is going to be moving to the super utility role, which means that Kiki Hernandez is going to be the Dodgers' regular thir- uh, excuse me, second baseman. Kiki's very good against lefties, but at the end of last year, he showed that he could hit righties as well. Do you think he's a sleeper? Yeah, I don't know why this is news today. This was talked about days ago. So I don't know why everyone is talking like this is news today. You know, I moved him up my ranking several days ago uh, when this news happened. So, uh, you know, Chris Taylor is still going to play quite a bit. We know that the Dodgers move players around. Uh, but Hernandez was definitely uh, a bargain in drafts. I think he's gone in a lot of 15-team leagues because, again, I knew this news. And I was looking at all the waiver wire over the weekend in my leagues that were open. And, he was owned in uh, pretty much all of them. So he was a guy that went in the final rounds of draft, and we know he's got some pop. So, yeah, this definitely gives him a boost for sure. He was one of my last picks in labor, but I, I, I should have taken him as my first waiver wire um, excuse me, my first reserve round pick in tout, and I took Tim Anderson instead. I think I regret that already, Adam. Why? Tim Anderson's got pop and speed, though. He does, but it was a points league. But I liked uh, I liked him similarly. I, I, I liked him Anderson's upside, but you know Hernandez plays multiple positions. Hard to find that. Yeah, that does give him an extra boost. Yeah. All right, we're going to take the time out. We're going to come on back. We're going to talk more fantasy baseball. Maybe we'll throw some football in. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm Doctor Roto. He's Adam Ronas, and we'll be back right after this. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. All right, we're back. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. 
Dr. O here with Adam Ronas. And Ronas, we are just a couple days away from the start of the regular season. So let's do something. I didn't, I didn't even talk about this. We didn't even mention this. I'm going to throw you a, a fastball here, a curveball, a slider, whatever it is, Ronas. Let's come up with one prediction for each team, maybe a player, something that we think that we're, that uh, outside the box. And let's see who's right at the end of the year. Let's just go through the teams and let's come up with one guy you think is a sleeper or a bust or something unusual with the team. Let's start with the Arizona Diamondbacks, Ronis. I'm going to tell you that I think I think I know your guy, but I'm going to give you my guy. I think your guy is going to be Wilmer Flores, but my guy is going to be Kettle Marte. And I think this guy is going to get about 550 at-bats, and I think he goes 20-20 this year. And that's going to be my surprise player for the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I don't know how much of a surprise he is. I think he's being drafted accordingly. Uh, I, I will go with Flores. Uh, I think this guy just needed an opportunity to play every day. I think he can hit 25 home runs if he gets 500 at-bats. So especially now with Sousa more than likely to miss some time, uh, I think Flores is uh, going to produce. All right, for the Atlanta Braves, Ronis, and last night's draft, man, uh, Josh Donaldson waited on that board. He was there, I think it was like round 12 or something like that, and he was still there. I'm very confused about him, but I am not confused about Ronald Lacuna, who's batting cleanup. I think we're going to look at Ronald Lacuna, and I think he could go thir- 30-30 as soon as this season. I don't know if that's going on a limb there or not. I'll, whatever the limb is, put me on the limb. 40-40, whatever the limb needs to be, I'll take it with Ronald Lacuna. Yeah, I mean, he's gone number three overall in some drafts, so it has to be really high to, to go out on a limb with him. All right, so give me 40-40 then for Acuna. I think he's that good. Who do you like on the Braves? Is there somebody you like or somebody you hate? I think there's somebody you hate on the Braves. Um, I, I think Ozzy Albies is being overvalued a little bit. Uh, he had really a good month and a half, first two months. And, again, I don't think he's a bad player, and I think he can produce. But for where he's being drafted, I, I like several second basemen that go after him. So still seeing him go in the fifth, sixth round. So I think he's a little overvalued. All right, the Baltimore Orioles, Ronis. There's one guy I've been keying in late on drafts, and it's a guy named Cedric Mullins. I still think you can get him as pretty much of a sleeper. I think we're looking at 10 to 15 home runs, maybe 15, maybe more, 20 to 25 stolen bases. The Orioles have nothing. They're, they should be committed to Mullins, and I think he's a really great end, end game pick. Yeah, I like him too. Just missed out on him the other night. Uh, there's really not a lot on this team. Uh, I think a deep sleeper is Renato Nunez. I think he could hit for some power. I took him in the great fantasy baseball invitational in the final rounds. But I will say Jonathan VR will finish as a top three second baseman. Yeah, I do like him. Do you mind, I mean, I know you don't like drafting guys who don't get a lot of home runs and RBIs. Would, would VR be an exception for you? Yeah, he can, he can hit 15 to 20 home runs. That's why. Uh, now, the RBIs might not be great, but I don't have to take him in the first three rounds. You know, usually you see him go fifth, sixth round. So especially if I'm able to build a good base of RBIs early on, I don't mind. He should hit second in that lineup. Again, it's not a good lineup, but we've already seen VR put up a big season uh, in 2016 with the Brewers. He had 19 home runs that season, and he's playing in Camden Yards, and his numbers were really good once he went over, and they're going to be aggressive. They're going to let him run. So this is a guy that has a 62 stolen base season 
on his resume. And last year, he was 35 of 40, only got caught stealing five times. And that's the one thing that stood out in his career. He does not get caught stealing much. Yeah, I like VR too. He's one of my favorite uh, Orioles. All right, for the Boston Red Sox, Adam, I I said this before, I am absolutely staying away from David Price this year. I I I can't put a finger on it. I can just tell you, I think we have the World Series hangover. He pitched very well at the end of last year. I just tend not to go back to guys who peaked after last season so soon. I think the Red Sox are going to struggle a little bit. I think their bullpen is in shambles. I think it's a big mistake that they didn't get Kimbrell, and I think this team's going to suffer. I think David Price might not win a dozen games. I'm going to stay far away from him. Do you got a sleeper or a bust or a prediction for the Red Sox? Uh, I think Eduardo Rodriguez finishes as a top 25 starting pitcher for fantasy. I think this is his big year. He's had injuries that have held him back. But I think he has a big season this year, and I think Devers hits 30 homers, drives in 100. I think he's going to have a big year. People forget he's only 22 years old. He had some injuries last year. There's talk of potentially hitting him in the middle of the lineup. That'll obviously improve his counting stats, so I see a big year from Devers. Yeah, that's a really good call. They were batting him third at some point in spring training games, so he was getting a lot of good opportunities. They're really building around him. Okay, for the Chicago Cubs, I'm going to take a chance on Wilson Contreras. This is a guy who I really liked going into last season, but he disappointed greatly. I mean, remember, back in 2017, this is a guy who hit 21 home runs, hit 276, and people were talking about him as the next great catcher, and then he imploded. I think he has a better year this year, Adam. I think you can get him cheaply. I don't know if cheaply, but I think you get him like around 10 or 11, and I think Contreras has a bounce back year. Yeah, he's generally going as a top five catcher off the board, so you do have to pay for him a little bit. Uh, I will say John Lester has a terrible year. I don't even think he finishes in the top 70 pitchers. I think this is the beginning of the end for him, and I want no part of him on my team. Yeah, it's funny you feel you say that because I, I really couldn't agree with you more there. All right, Cincinnati. There's a lot to like in Cincinnati, Adam. Uh, I'll let you take the guy that I know you like. I did draft him in, the ra- in round six uh, last night, so I was pretty happy with that. But I'm a big fan of Jose Peraza. I think Jose Peraza is getting better and better. I think this guy gets 15 home runs. I think he gets about 290, maybe scores 85, 90 runs, steals 25, 30 bases. I think he's like right underneath the top shortstops, but it's going to produce a very big year. I'm in on Jose Peraza. I thought that's who you were referring to for me in the sixth round. No, I thought it was Puig. I thought you liked Puig. Oh, yeah, I love Puig. I've taken Puig in the 4-5 turn. Yeah, I think Puig has a big year. I think 30 homers, 20 steals for Puig. uh, I think that this was a a good fit for him. I think uh, free agency year, this ballpark, you know, uh, especially now with Jeanette going down, he probably moves up in the order. I could see him hitting cleanup, so... Uh, I love Peraza. The only concern I have for him is he's probably not going to hit leadoff, which is going to hurt the run scored. Uh, He's not a big OBP guy. Meanwhile, Jesse Winker is. So I think you're going to see Peraza hit hopefully sixth now because with uh, Iglesias, if they do intend to go with him at short, he's got to hit eighth. And then Tucker Barnhart is there. So I'm hoping Peraza will hit sixth, but that's still going to hurt his run scored. That's the only thing with him. Uh, And I think... Sonny Gray is going to be a really good value. I wrote it at the time when he was traded to the Reds uh, that you know he needed to get out of Yankee Stadium. His home road splits were stark. He had the elbow scare in the spring, but he's pitched, I think, 10 innings in the spring. He's looked good. I think Sonny Gray is going to be a, a steal around 20. All right, for the Cleveland Indians, I'm going to give a guy that I think people are overlooking this year because he's just boring. 
He's the guy that's going to hit 25 home runs and 85 RBIs, but he's really good in the points league. I drafted him in Tout Wars. I think Carlos Santana has a, has a rebound year. I don't think he was happy last year in Philadelphia. And I think it was witnessed by the fact that he went into the clubhouse and he took a bat to the, to the Fortnite TVs. And maybe he's back in Cleveland where he wants to be and he's comfortable. And I think he's going to thrive again. And most people are not drafting him. He goes very late in drafts. And I think I'm all about getting Carlos Santana late in drafts this year, Adam. Yeah, as a corner infielder, again, not flashy, but I think he will rebound, should hit clean up, and especially in OBP leagues and points league, he gets a big boost. Uh, I will say that uh, Mike Clevenger has a better year than Corey Kluber uh, in fantasy, uh, and I will also say that Leonis Martin is a good value late. I think people forgot about him. Looks like he's going to play every day, and I think this is a guy that gives you a little pop, a little speed, and is extremely cheap in drafts. By the way, as an aside, do you like uh, Carrasco at all? Oh, of course. I love Carrasco. I've always been a big fan. I took him in Tau Ors uh, on a 3-2 pick, so 32nd overall. Uh, I've loved him since his days in Philly. And, yeah, he's, he probably does not have the ceiling of a Bauer, but he's very solid. So if I'm going to pick at the end of or early – in the first round in a 15-team league and a lot of pitchers fly off the board, I'm fine with getting Carrasco uh, on the 2-3 turn as uh, my number one if that's the best available. So in our in the league Andy and I did last night, we were pick 10. I got Arenado in one, Judge in two, Marte in three, Carrasco in four as the last good pitcher. That's a 12-team league, right? 12-team league. Then I got Tyon in five and Puig in six. Yeah, no, it's a good start. I thought it was a good start. Yeah, I mean, getting Carrasco there, I was like, he's the last good player to get. All right, Colorado there. There, there are a bunch of guys I like in Colorado, but I've been, I've been singing this guy's praises for years. I think this is the year it finally happens. David Dahl, please, for the love of God, give me the 25 to 30 home runs I'm hoping for. Give me the 15 to 20 steals. C- cement your spot in the outfield for the next decade. He's that good, Adam. I want to see him thrive in, in Coors Field. Yeah, I have several David Dahl shares this year. Uh, He's not cheap. Uh, People are paying for him, but you can understand why. He had a huge September last year, nine homers, 26 RBIs. It's all about health for him. He's in Coors Field. He's getting the opportunity to play every day. Also can contribute some stolen bases as well. Uh, My bold prediction is Daniel Murphy hits 340. Yeah, he could. He really could on that team. He really could. All right, so Chicago White Sox. There's a lot that I like with the White Sox here. But, uh, man, I love Aloy Jimenez, and I think that he did himself a service by signing that deal and getting himself in place, and maybe he starts out the year with the team. I think this guy goes 30-90. I'm not afraid to draft him right now, play him right now, Adam. I think he's that good. Yeah, and his price has definitely gone up. I think he was a little bit undervalued in some drafts just because people were not sure about when he was going to be called up. And, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. gets all the headlines. Uh, Jimenez is right there with him. This guy raked in the minors last year. So, you know, I'd expect a a big season from him. I think uh, Yoan Moncada has a bounce-back season. I think a lot of people are kind of forgetting about him because he struck out so much last year. He's made some changes at the plate. He's been a little bit more patient. In, uh, well, actually struck out less. He had patience last year. In the spring, he's been striking out less. Uh, I think Moncada is going to finish as a top 10 second baseman, and you can get him outside the top 10. I really like the value on Moncada right now. I do too. He's a really good player. I told you that uh, I'm friendly with his uh, 
baby mommy down here. She's a nice lady. There, she wouldn't from. And she said he put a lot of pressure on himself. Maybe he signed a contract early, wanted to succeed. But I think being in Chicago the second year, I think it's going to be good for him. All right, so let's go to the Detroit Tigers. Uh, Sean Sean Childs alerted me to this guy in one of his articles, so I'll give Sean some credit here. Kristen Stewart looks real deal here. This guy looks like he can go go 2080 right away. So I, I took him as one of my very last picks in last night's draft, and I think there's upside to be had here. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with uh, Nico Goodrum. I think he goes 2020 this year. Uh, he's going to get the opportunity to play all over the diamond. I know some people were concerned about his playing time after they added Josh Harrison, but I think Goodrum can play everywhere, and uh, the average might not be great, but he's got some pop, he's got some speed, and especially in some formats, he's got a lot of position versatility, so uh, Nico Goodrum for me. All right, for the Houston Astros, who just seem to get better and better, I mean, so many guys out there in that bullpen, and the pitching looks good, and the hitting looks good, but uh, I think that... You know, the guy that I really am intrigued by this year is Michael Brantley. You know, we always talk about the injuries, but when he's healthy, he's a really good hitter. I took him as my third outfielder in a bunch of leagues this year, Adam. And I think the guy goes 320 with 15 to 20 home runs and 15 to 20 steals, and he's just solid as a rock. Yeah, I think I wrote about him in February saying he was a a great fit for Houston. And, you know, one of those players that – does a little of everything, but he doesn't do anything exceptional. Maybe the batting average, again, another category people don't really look at closely. If you're not a big power guy, big speed guy. So Brantley does a little bit of everything, and I think he's just a great fit in that lineup. Uh, I, I think, for me, um, two pitchers I like late are Colin McHugh and Brad Peacock. Uh, I think these guys can both excel in the starting rotation. Uh well, yes, they can, and everybody seems to succeed in that rotation. But if they don't, Forrest Whitley and Josh James are right there. So, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity for, for goodness there in that staff. Yeah, but if McHugh and Peacock are in a rotation to start the year, so as long as they pitch, they'll stay in. Absolutely. All right, let's get to Kansas City. And I'm going to give people out there a guy who I think is being uh, what I would call a post-hype sleeper. And I think Billy Hamilton's in a really good spot. You know, there's not a lot of pressure on him. He's out there in center field. I think the Royals are certainly going to run. He's hit reasonably well in the spring. I think this guy could steal 50 bases. You know, the speed's never in question. But now in Kansas City, there's no pressure on him to succeed. People forget that he's even out there. And and I think if you're looking for speed late in your drafts, Hamilton's a guy that you could take a look at. Well, it's not late. you got to take him 10th, 11th round. So what has changed? He stole 50 in the past. So why is it changed now? Because I think that people were down. People at one time where he was going like what? Remember the years he was going in round three, round three or four, right? That people were juicing him up. And then people were like, wow, this guy's really not that good. But I think Hamilton is a solid player. He's, he's as good as Malik Smith in my book. And Malik Smith goes like four rounds earlier. Billy Hamilton can't hit. I think he can hit. My point is I think he can hit more than you think he can hit. I don't think so. What gives you that indication? He has shown no ability to hit the major league level. He's a 245 career hitter. He batted 236 last year. He played in Cincinnati in a hitter's ballpark. I now think he's going he goes, to Kansas City. I think he goes 265 this year. I don't see it. I and see. he gives you no power, no home runs. His runs are going to be down hitting ninth. I just think even with the price dropping, I just think he's still overvalued. You like Ryan O'Hearn? Yeah, I like him late. I think he's got some good power. Uh, I love Jorge Soler. Uh, Soler is a guy like last year. He got hurt. Uh, he's hit here in the spring. He looks like he's in good shape. He's got power. 
and with Mondesi and Merrifield in front of them, looking, and they're going to be aggressive. They're going to run a lot. Uh, Solaire's the guy. Like you can get them, you know, usually around twenty in a fifteen-team league. So for me, it's uh, Solaire. All right, let's go to the uh, Angels. I don't know what I really like here, Adam. I, there's there's not a lot that I like. Um, I know you had mentioned. I, I don't want to take away your thunder. I'm sure there's a guy in the, in the starting rotation rotation that you like. I don't know. I, I think I'll say this. I don't like Cody Allen. I think it was a bad move for them. If you if you want to take Ty Butchery and you want to hope that he becomes a closer, I can get behind that. That's my secret prediction here that Cody Allen's not very good, and I think he's not going to last the year as a closer. Yeah, Allen has not been good in the spring. I wouldn't be surprised. That I, I like some of the arms on this staff. I like Skaggs. I like Cahill. And the guy to keep an eye on is Felix Pena. He's had a good spring. I think he struck out nine and three and a third the other day. He's got a really good slider. Uh, I saw him. Uh, he's available in most leagues. I was looking to add him, but I really didn't have a drop. But I think Felix Pena is a guy to keep an eye on. He's going to open the year in the rotation uh, with Andrew Heaney sidelined for a little bit. Uh, and Pena is a guy that I think you might be talking about a big waiver wire pickup over the next week or two. Rudy Gamble picked him up in labor this weekend. Yeah, it was a good pickup. So I took Andrew Heaney as like my last pitcher in last night's draft. Would you have would you have done something like that? Yeah, I got him in the NFBC auction for two dollars, and he already threw a bullpen. So even if he only misses a couple weeks uh, and comes back healthy, he was good last year. He threw 180 innings. That's what I figured. I was like, you know what? And it's like round 27. If you're if you're gonna let me take Heaney at round 27, what do I have to lose, right? Yeah, you just put him on the bench and. For the first couple weeks, you hope that the bullpen sessions go good and he gets back into the rotation in hopefully two or three weeks. Uh, Maybe it's a month, but yeah, you can hold him for a little bit uh, as long as you don't get struck by a ton of injuries. All right, we're going to come back with one feeler's prediction for each team, whether it's a bust or a sleeper or somebody. We're Scout Fantasy Sports. I'm Dr. Rota with Adam Ronas, and we'll be back right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, So we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. 
It's calling the shots. Tom Brady gives him a call and wants him to come back. He wouldn't be surprised if Rob comes back. What do you say, Jim? You covered this team for a long time. Have we seen the last of Rob Gronkowski? Yeah, I think his, you know, his Instagram post last pretty definitive. So, uh, you know, I was kind of surprised to see Drew's comments, but you know, Drew is an agent and he's always looking out for the best small window of opportunity to come back. Uh, I think he set up the scenario perfectly. Weekdays, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. All right, with all 30 Major League Baseball teams playing this Thursday, it's time to swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball with DailyRoto.com, who is looking to make someone their eighth millionaire winner. If you're playing MLB DFS on DraftKings or FanDuel and not using DailyRoto.com to help set your lineups, you're doing it wrong. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and you'll get lineup alerts and weather updates, fantasy projections, and the use of lineup optimizers that's already produced millions in winnings. That's a 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your special discount today. Speaking of millions, Ronis, are you playing Powerball this weekend? Oh, no one won? It's up to 700. Oh, I played this past Saturday. So, uh, I guess you didn't win. You're still here. Yeah, no, I didn't win. So, I actually, I, I told people this. Like, I had a dream years ago that I was going to win the lotto someday. Everyone laughs at me, and I'm like, all right, laugh. And then when I do win it, don't ask me for nothing. <laughs> Because you guys were laughing at my dream division. So. Ronis, I believe in every word yeah, you sure. say, my friend. Anything you say, I am with you. I am rooting for you, Adam Ronis. I am. You And you you have Powerball down there too, right? I do, and I play $10 worth. That's all you get. Yeah, I don't play a ton either. The way I look at it is, hey, if I'm meant to win, I'm going to win it. I'm not going to go out there and spend 100 bucks. If I'm going to spend 100 bucks on something, it's going to be DFS <laughs> or sports betting. Because at least I have some type of control over it. Uh, so yeah, uh, but I will, I will definitely play. When is it? Wednesday night or Tuesday night? Or For us, tonight, it's Saturday. Tonight? I think isn't it Saturday? No, it's twice a week. Oh, I thought so. I better it's check because either... I, I, it could be Wednesday. Then it's Wednesday and Saturday. But I thought this was Saturdays. But hey, if it's Wednesdays, I'm all in. No, it's probably. Let's see. Yeah. Oh wow, seven fifty. Jeez. I know, right? It's four sixty five value. I can live with that. Yeah, I think I can be okay. You can take them taxes out. I prefer you not to, but hey, uh, I can. So if you if you won, what would you? What's an? Would first of all, you'd want to be anonymous, correct? You want anybody calling you? By the way, the drawing is tomorrow. Oh, it is. So you know what? I'm going to take a walk after and get my tickets now. I almost forgot. I was chilling on Saturday. If you win, Ronis, I get I get an assist here because you didn't know. I would have known. I would have checked it out. I would have walked by a store and saw it. I just and I would I would have checked uh, because you know I see the drawing. I think I checked my number Sunday, but they usually don't tell you right away whether anyone won or not. Now I see that. Uh, no, usually no they won. do. They go somebody in like South Carolina won, and you realize. It's but not they don't. You. They don't know that night though. They don't know like right away. No, they know if a ticket if somebody had the, t- the ticket had a ticket or where it was sold. They just don't know if somebody's going to report it. Well, they know because they don't put up the estimated jackpot immediately because they don't know right away. Oh, like I thought that they knew. I thought or, they knew it was where, where it was sold. The, yeah, after maybe, I don't know, 12 hours or something. But, like, right away at night, like, if you check immediately, like, you don't see, oh, no one has won or anything. What's the so. first thing would you Would you hire a security guard to, like, walk around with you? What would you do? Mm. You have $465 million in your hand. Well, you don't have it in your hand immediately. Right. So what do you do? Um, 
That's uh, a good question. Hopefully, I'll be able to answer this next week. I mean, or Thursday. <laughs> so basically, I, I definitely, <laughs> I would definitely get a personal chef. I know that sounds crazy, but that's no, one of the, that's I would it, do yeah. that because yeah, I would eat healthy and everything, and have someone to cook for me. Hell yeah, personal chef. Would you have somebody I mean, clean your house for you every day? Uh, yeah, I guess I could afford it at that point. Uh, I would definitely probably take a vacation. Really. A vacation for Adoronis? Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. And then also... Would you come back and do radio? Yes. Just not as often as I do it. So once a week? Yeah. That sounds about right. right. I, mean, I don't think I'd want to give up my daily life, though, Adam. No. I mean, everyone talks about how everything is going to change drastically, but... Uh, there will be, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, how much, how much can you change? Would you buy multiple houses? I think so. I mean, real estate's always a good investment, right? So I think maybe... Would you have, have one in Miami and one in LA? Like, would you have Shea Ronis in a few different places? Maybe two to start, you know? And then this way, if you want to have like a warm weather spot. Uh, although the cold doesn't bother me as much as other people. There's a lot of people that are here on the East Coast as they get older, especially women. Ah, this, I hate the cold. <laughs> I got to leave. Like, I don't know. I kind of like the seasonal changes. You know, obviously, I'm fiending for that weather to warm up because I got softball starting in a week and it's not been softball weather yet. I'm not even ready. I haven't thrown or done anything. No practices. Do, so. do you remember that movie Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor? No. Oh, you never saw that movie where he had to get rid of all that money so he, he arranges a game between the Yankees and his team? No. Nah, I mean, you could it. buy your softball league, Ronis. Yeah, that would be. $65 million. Yeah, I think that would uh, about cover it. I think I can buy the league and run it if, right. if I wanted to. You'd have a job. You'd be you'd be permanently hired. I think. Would you Would you write again? Uh, probably not as much. Would you invest in a minor league baseball team? I would want to buy the Mets. Like the I don't Syracuse think that's Mets? enough money, though. I, it's not. That's the sad part. It's not. Right? At, at one time, it would have been. You won four hundred sixty-five mil. You could have bought yourself like the Columbus Blue Jackets at one time. Yeah, I guess uh, that's it's not going to work now. Would you, would you buy a minor league hockey team, Ronis? Do you like hockey? I do, but eh, nah. Yeah, not not special. All right, L.A. Dodgers. I'll, we, you know, I'll I'll go right to it. I think in, uh, Enrique Hernandez. We talked about it earlier. I think he's sneaky. I think he's more than sneaky. I think he's starting to become very a uh, very good play, and he qualifies in multiple positions. He's a guy that I'm looking at late in drafts, Adam. Yeah, uh, for me, uh, I like a lot of these pitchers uh, on this staff, but I'll say that uh, Ross Stripling finishes as a top 25 pitcher. All right, let's go to the Miami Marlins. I think Adam Conley is eventually going to emerge in that bullpen there. I think Romo gets traded. I think second rider is good, but I think Conley found a home in that bullpen, and he might be the closer by the end of the year. Could be. Uh, I mean, I think it's Romo to start. Think that they, you know, could trade him at a certain point. Uh, I will say that I, I like some of these arms in the starting rotation, uh, like Pablo Lopez and Caleb Smith. So I think these are guys late in your draft that you can consider. I don't think I want both on the same team just because I don't see the Marlins winning a lot of games, uh, and the bullpen can blow some of their starts. But uh, I think those are two arms to look at late in your draft. All right, Milwaukee Brewers, I know we have some love on the pitching staff. I'll take Corbin Burns. I think he's going to be special this year. Uh, he's my pick for one of the sleeper pitchers of the season. 
Yeah, I like him too. I got him in the NFBC auction. Uh, I also got Freddie Peralta. So I will go with Peralta, who has the ability to really rack up the strikeouts, just needs to cut down on the walks a little bit. But this is a an upside arm late in your draft that can really pile up the strikeouts. All right, for the Minnesota Twins, I've been very in on Max Kepler. I've wanted him in every league I could be in. I just think he's getting better. I, there's rumors that he could be hitting lead off there. I, I think he's in a good spot. There's some power, and I think he's a better hitter than what we've seen. So I, I'm really liking Kepler as like a fourth outfielder this year. Yeah, I wrote about Kepler in February. A uh, big fan of him. I think he improved last year, even though the surface numbers don't show it. He cut down on the strikeouts. He cut improved his walks. He actually improved against lefties as well so uh, I like him but I'll, I'll go with someone different then and I'll go with Eddie Rosario being a top 15 outfielder in fantasy I think people don't realize how good he is he was on his way to a big season last year and got hurt he's hit 288 and 290 the last two years he's hitting third in this lineup or fourth he will go over 30 home runs for the first time he will go over 100 RBIs and he can get eight to ten stolen bases I think Rosario is a guy People are going to look back on it at the end of the year and go, why, why did I overlook this guy? Yeah, I, you know, Adam, I, I want to get your opinion on this. I almost took him last night, but I already had Judge and Marte and Puig. And Rosario was the next best player, but I didn't want a fourth outfielder in a 12-team league. Do you disagree with that strategy, or do you say sometimes you just take the best player because he's the best player? Yeah, if I feel he's the best player, I'll go with him. Uh, I know sometimes later in the draft it, it might hurt your flexibility, but I think outfield gets thin quicker than people think. So if I think the guy's going to go 290, 30, 100, 10 steals, uh, I'm going to take him, unless there's someone else on the board that can put up similar little stats. All right, I'll, I'll think about that next time. All right, for the New York Mets, I am all in on Pete Alonso. Call me an Alonso admirer. I think this dude goes thirty, hits 30 home runs this year. I don't know what the RBIs are. I don't know what the batting average is. I can't tell you that. I can tell you this guy's got immense power, and I can't wait to watch him as the Mets' first baseman, Adam. Yeah, he does have big power, and it looks like he might hit second to start the year with some of the injuries. I think he will strike out quite a bit. The average might not be great, but he definitely has immense power. Uh, I'll say Ahmed Rosario steals 30 bases. All right, for the New York Yankees, Adam's favorite team. I think Domingo Herman might end up sticking in this rotation. Sabathia is injured. Severino's injured. I don't love, I mean, I don't know. I just think Herman is a really good pitcher that you can get really late in your draft, and there's upside there. I'm going to take a shot at him getting you like 12, 13 wins as a New York Yankee pitcher. Yeah, I like the arm. It's a question of, uh, you know, he's got to get off to a good start. Uh, Sabathia will be back mid April. Severino. Right now, it looks like early May. We'll have to wait and see. He did throw from 120 feet yesterday, so that's definitely a good sign. I mean, pretty much all these Yankees guys are, are, are going very early in drafts. It's insane. Uh, but I'll say Aaron Judge wins the MVP. Wow, that's a nice one there. All right, Oakland A's. I know who your guy is going to be, Adam, so I'll go a different direction. I love Steven Piscotti, man. I don't know why people overlook this guy. He's a very good hitter, dealt with his mother's illness last year, but I think this guy's going to be back hitting 25 home runs, 85 RBIs. He, he's absolutely a number three outfielder on any fantasy team. Yeah, I was able to get Piscotti in my home league auction for cheap, and I don't know what it is, why people... Don't give him uh, the proper due because he's going to hit third in this lineup. And uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, but for me, I'm going to go with uh, a sleeper here, Chad Pinder. 
I knew you were going to say Chad Pender, so I'll let you have that one. All right, let's get to the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, there's a lot to like on the Phillies. Um, man, I, I, there's just they, they did a really good job constructing this team, but I think you can find some value in that pitching staff, whether it's Zach Eflin or even Jake Arrieta. I think Jake Arrieta is being overlooked. And this guy could win 14 games, maybe have an ERA of 3.5, 3.6. I have no problem going back to Jake Arrieta and stealing him at the end of a draft. Yeah, I noted uh, Arietta was not on my radar in January and because I saw his second-half numbers and then read that he was pitching through a bad knee, and you could see it. The numbers were clearly different, and then he had the surgery. So when I saw that, I said, all right, you know, I'm, I'm back on Arietta. Uh, he's looked good in the spring. He had a very good outing yesterday, six scoreless innings, eight Ks. He's got a good team behind him. He's going to get offensive run support, and he's cheap in drafts because, you know, everyone sees Arietta and they go with a lot of these young upside arms ahead of him. So I like the value on Arietta. Uh, I think I got him in tout wars, so I have him in a league or two. So I do like him. I do think Eflin is a, is a good guy to take at the end of the draft. And uh, I'm going to say that uh, – uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez leads the team in saves. Wow, there you go. Okay, Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, let's see. I, I think I like Jung Ho Gung. I think this guy could hit 30 home runs. I mean, he was having major problems last year. Colin Moran is not the answer. I promise you that. I think Gung could hit 30 home runs. Yeah, he showed it at the big league level before. He's had a good spring coming into yesterday. He led the majors in spring home runs with seven. He didn't do anything else, though, and was striking out a lot. So the average might be an issue. Uh, but for the Pirates, uh, I like uh, Joe Musgrove. I think he finishes the year as a top 20 starting pitcher. Well, I'm glad you said that because I drafted him last night. All right, for the San Diego Padres, everybody's talking Chris Paddock. A lot of people aren't talking Matt Strom, but I'm really talking Joey Lucchese. I think this guy is pretty darn good. And I think in a time where people are not getting 180 innings, he might get 180 innings. He might get 180 strikeouts. So, you know what? I have no problem. I'm not going to call him an ace, but I'm going to call him a very solid pitcher that I think is being overlooked. Everybody's spending on Paddock. I'm spending on Lucchese. Yeah, the key for Lucchese is the third pitch, uh, that he needs that third pitch to be effective. It's very hard for a starting pitcher to be effective with two pitches. I know he's working on a third, so that's going to be key. Uh, for me, though, I'm going to go Matt Strom. I really like him, and uh, I was fortunate to get him in Tower Wars before. The height built, I got him in round 25. I saw him go in the Ultimate League, which was a $5,000 buy-in in round 10. I was stunned. I was When I announced the pick, I was like, is this serious? Uh, but, hey... You know what? You put your money up, you get who you want. The hype is really built on Strom, but this guy is so nasty with his stuff. The innings might not be there, but uh, I would like Matt Strom. All right, I won't take your Seattle Mariner. I'll go a different direction. I'm going to say UC Kikuchi. I love Japanese starters who come to America in their first year. They've got weird deliveries. The guys can't pick them up. I'm not saying he's going to be great in 2020, but in 2019, I think the guy's going to be virtually unhittable. He may only get you 145 innings, but I think those are going to be pretty good innings. Yeah, my guy on Seattle is Domingo Santana, and this has nothing to do with the Japanese trip because Domingo was a guy that I was taking in a ton of drafts early. I have a lot of exposure to him. I got him in Tout Wars March 5th. That was in round 13. Uh, I got him in my home league auction the other day, thank goodness. Uh, I got him in the GDD uh, auction league here we did in New York for 6 bucks. So uh, heavily invested in Domingo, a guy that had 30 homers, 15 steals two years ago. Going to get the opportunity to play every day. So 
all in on Domingo Santana this year. All right, I don't have much love for anybody on the Giants. I'll give you Will Smith just because I think you can get him laid as a closer. Uh, for the Giants, yeah, there's not much here. I will say that uh, Buster Posey disappoints and finishes outside the top 10 catchers, which is kind of hard to do with the state of catchers, but I just think the power is going way down. you got to worry about him getting hurt. I think he wants to play first base more, so I'll say Buster Posey disappoints. All right, St. Louis uh, Cardinals. I think Paul DeJong gets 35 home runs. He was on that pace last year until he got injured. Guy's got big power. and He might even bat third in that lineup. I like Paul DeJong. Yeah, I wrote about him too. A uh, big fan of him, especially since uh, he's likely going to hit third in that lineup. So it's a good spot. And you could see last year after he broke his hand, it took a while for the power to come back. But when he did come back, uh, he really excelled and, and produced uh, – I'll say that uh, Jordan Hicks finishes the year as a top-five closer. Wow, there you go. All right, for the Tampa Bay Rays, I think Austin Meadows is finally going to assert himself and become possibly a 2020 outfielder, Adam. I hope so, because I did get him in tout wars, so I'm uh, hoping that he does get the playing time and produce. Uh, I will say that uh, Tyler Glass now finishes as a top-30 pitcher. All right, Texas Rangers, I'm all in a Ronette Odor. Give me 30 home runs. Give me 20 stolen bases. Let him please hit 250 for me. Yeah, Odor is another guy I wrote about. He really improved last year. The walk rate was up to 8%. Uh, he's a guy that I have in a lot of leagues as well, so uh, pretty heavily invested in him. Uh, but I'll say that Ronald Guzman hits 25 home runs. All right, for the Blue Jays, I'll say Danny Jansen breaks out and has a good year at catcher. Yeah, he is definitely one of the pricey catchers uh, in AL-only leagues. I think he's like the priciest guy. Uh, I will say for this team that Aaron Sanchez uh, has a good year. He's a good sleeper pick. And then finally for the Nationals, I'll say Brian Dozier. Welcome back to being a very good fantasy player. I'll say Victor Robles steals 40 bases. Wow, there you have it. All right, who's coming up in hour number two, Adam? Uh, we'll have Steve Renner coming up at 3.20 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk some over-under win totals with him, uh, some baseball DFS, and uh, some uh, odds for MVP, Cy Young, things like that. All right, there you have it. All right, guys, this is Dr. Roto saying be well and take care, and stay tuned for hour number two of Scout Fantasy Sports when we return right after this. <laughs> 